Hi, Shannon Waller here with Dan Sullivan, and today we're going to talk about the newest book, which is The Extraordinary Impact Filter. And Dan, this is something that is absolutely foundational to Strategic Coach, to your effectiveness, to a lot of the things that we do here in terms of of multipliers and exponential growth. So I'm very excited that we get to share this with people because it really is a tool and a way of looking at things and thinking through things that can, first of all, keep entrepreneurs out of a lot of trouble and really help to facilitate their growth and their speed as they get to accomplish everything that they want to. So let's kick it off by talking about how intentionality creates everything. And that really is at the heart of the impact filter. So talk to me about intentionality. Yeah, when I look at my own entrepreneurial career, then the thousands of entrepreneurs that I've coached since 1974 is that there's a common factor that links all the entrepreneurial progress together, and that is the individual having very, very clear intentions that then are communicated to other people. And in an entrepreneur's life, the two most crucial ones as far as the business go are the intentions that are communicated very powerfully to the team that the entrepreneur has, and that could be a widespread team, both people inside the organization and outside. But then the other aspect is the marketplace, you know, the clients, the customers, depending on what kind of business it is, and then all the supportive relationships, you know, networks of other entrepreneurs and influencers in the marketplace that position the entrepreneur as really extraordinary in terms of a particular value creation in the marketplace and then everything about the entrepreneur's credibility and reputation. So this really lies on intentionality, and that means, to put it very, very succinctly, what that means is that the entrepreneur is completely sold before the entrepreneur attempts to influence other people. So that's really what intentionality means here. I see it as the number one success skill. So, you know, I've had a vast variety of different kinds of personalities, people with very, very diverse skills. And yet, in each case, when you look at the entrepreneur and say, what's the basis of the success? It really comes down to the fact that the person has a clear idea in their mind that they're totally committed to and that they are intending complete success for it. And it's that intentionality, which is really the persuasive force. I love that because as you're talking about it, you can almost feel it. And yet for a lot of entrepreneurs, they have a lot of great ideas, but they're not sold on all of them before they communicate it to those different audiences that you talk about. And that's a real danger for people. So this is a really important skill. And as you say, it's also how all the best achievements actually start. My sense is that the power of an accomplishment or an achievement a result in the entrepreneurial world depends on how that whole activity started. So the clarity of the entrepreneur, especially the total commitment that the entrepreneur has to specific activities, and later on I'll talk about that you should think of all of your achievements as projects that have a beginning, a middle, and an end, and a clear-cut end. And that gives a lot of morale to the entrepreneurial activity gives it a tremendous sense of momentum 
but there's a huge set of motivation, and that morale, that momentum, and that motivation can all be communicated in this activity that we call the impact filter. You know, it's a single piece of communication. It can be completely expressed on one sheet of paper, whether it's actual paper or it's digital. But this is the start of everything. And when someone receives that communication, then they have a feeling that they know exactly what the author, the entrepreneur in this case, what the entrepreneur means. But it's not just the entrepreneur who can use this ability. It's everybody in the team. So this starts with an individual activity, but it actually becomes an organizational skill of everything happening inside of an entrepreneurial company with this one form of communication. So that to me sounds very exciting because I think there's a lot of lack of clarity in terms of what people want, what people are intending. One of the things the impact filter does help you do is know exactly what you want as opposed to just a random idea that we breeze by and share with someone in the hallway. So this process, this thinking process, communication process is really a way to eliminate a lot of the complexity and a lot of the stuff that happens in most businesses. The biggest failing that I've seen in my own life is where I had an idea, and immediately when I have the idea, I start testing it to see how other people feel about the idea, but I haven't really sold myself on the idea. So what it does when I brainstorm, I call it brainstorming in public, <laughs> is that it kind of, instead of clarifying things for the individuals around me and my team, it kind of confuses them because Dan's got a lot of ideas. And it's the nature of the entrepreneurs who are in the strategic coach that they have a lot of ideas. Some of those ideas are really central ideas, and they're worth staying with literally forever. And some of them are just like the fashion of the week or the fashion of the quarter, but there's not a real clarity on the part of the entrepreneur, and there's certainly not a commitment on the part of the entrepreneur that I'm committed to actually following through. And team members around an entrepreneur need that clarity and they need that commitment up front because they have to prioritize their time. They've got a lot of things already on their list and they have to know that where this latest idea fits on the list and then there's negotiations that have to happen with things that are already underway. Where do we put this? And so my sense is that the number one responsibility of an entrepreneur in everything they do in their company is that they have to sell themselves first before they try to sell anyone else. I love that idea. And as working with so many entrepreneurs and being part of our company for so long, anytime you go and just broadcast an idea that you're not sold on, it just creates an enormous amount of mess quite often, unless people know to ask you really good questions. You also talk about this, Dan, as being a process for life, an intentionality process for life. So what does that mean? Well, if you look at why and how entrepreneurs actually become entrepreneurs, it's because as an individual, and this probably starts very, very early in life, they have a greater level of intentionality. Let's say it's a 12-year-old, that the person who's going to be an entrepreneur if you go back and you reverse engineer their careers, you can see at a very early age, I think it starts in childhood, that they had this ability just to focus on particular projects. These are self-created projects, and they follow through on them. 
they start this as children and they begin noticing that they can get results just by focusing their energies and their time and their attention on getting particular type of results. And this starts in sort of play or it could start in school, it could start in their family life, but it pretty quickly takes them into the marketplace because they said, you know, I have this ability to self-organize and I have this ability to just go for certain goals and achievements I want and I'm not being told what to do by other people, I'm telling myself what to do. And I think this gives the young person could be in childhood, could be adolescence, but it gives them a sense of confidence that they can literally create their own way when they get out into the marketplace. And very few people actually have this. They're looking for someone to give them a job. They're looking for teachers to give them direction on how, when they're in their 20s, they're going to get employed, where the entrepreneur has short-circuited that entire process and said, I can just go out and sell things. I can just go out and make money on my own. And that comes from the early emergence of this skill, which I call intentionality. So what I've done is I've kind of short-circuited a lot of the thinking about entrepreneurism. And I said, entrepreneurism is a name that's given to people who have an exceptional amount of intentionality. I love that, Dan. What I love about the impact filter, which we're about to get into, is how it can really focus and channel and communicate that intentionality. Yes, and there's a method to this, which I needed to work out for myself as I became more successful because I wanted the record of my achievement and success as an individual that for the people who worked with me going back now 40 years or more, that Dan's very clear. Dan said that he's going for something, you can be absolutely sure that he's 100% committed to it. And I think any entrepreneur who, you know, actually can say that about himself or herself and other people around them say that, that's a sign that this is going to be an extraordinary entrepreneur and the whole career is going to be extraordinarily successful. And this is why I call it the Extraordinary Impact Filter. Dan, in chapter one, you really start to describe the process. And one of the things about this process is that it doesn't take very long. It's mm -hmm. a single half hour to really focus that intentionality. How is that possible? One of the other characteristics that I've noticed in myself, and I think it's very, very true of the entrepreneurs who have been attracted to Strategic Coach, is they want to get things started very, very quickly. In other words, they're great at starting things and getting a lot of instant energy and rapid motion. And that will only happen if those characteristics are there right at the beginning in the mind of the entrepreneur before the entrepreneur actually communicates anything. So what has happened over the years, we've created an enormous number of thinking tools in Strategic Coach. And what I was looking for, and I worked on this, I would say, close to 25 years to get a method that any entrepreneur, regardless of the industry, regardless of the personality, regardless of the circumstance, that any entrepreneur in the world can, if they master a 30-minute thinking process, 
and put this in writing because it absolutely has to be in writing so that other people can receive the communication and they can look at it and then they can understand exactly what the entrepreneur is thinking about, is striving for, and how the success of the project is actually going to be measured. And that can happen without the entrepreneur being present. So the whole thing is that you want to create a communication that has an independent existence the moment that you're finished with it. And so what I've done here is I've gotten it down to 30 minutes at the most, and some entrepreneurs can do this in 15 minutes, but usually for me it takes 30 minutes. And what I've noticed is that the presence of that 30-minute start, that great clarity and that commitment at the beginning compared with not starting this way is the difference between 30 minutes and 30 days. Wow. The actual getting started and people getting clear takes on an average about 30 days of lack of clarity and confusion and not being quite sure and the energy not being directed in the right way. This particular process immediately guarantees that it's going to get started and it's going to save those 30 days of getting ready to get ready and fooling around. What does he really mean? What does she really mean? The other thing about it is that if you do this process once, you've learned it. And that's the other thing is there can't be any long training period here. So the very first project that you do the impact builder on, that's the training. And immediately it's already out in the world working. So the training itself is just going through the process once. Well, it's so exciting. And I can totally picture that 30 days of confusion and stops and starts and the person themselves doesn't really know what they want. So it's hours and hours and hours of conversations. So what an incredible way to buy back your time with that 30 minutes. And it's so fast to learn. I mean, you get better at it, but certainly it's very intuitive. It's very easy to figure out. The other thing you talk about, Dan, is it really clarifies exactly what you want and why you want it. Yeah. One of my greatest failings when I look at where projects didn't work wasn't so much that I didn't say what I wanted, but the missing component, Shannon, was I didn't say why I wanted it. When you have an entrepreneur, the most important piece of information that team members need is they're getting the want all the time. I want this, I want that, I want this. But what was completely failing in a lot of my communications earlier in my career, I wasn't say why I wanted that. It's the difference between content and context. Okay, so entrepreneurs are masters at pouring out wants. You know, I want this, I want that. But what's lacking is from the standpoint of someone who's going to carry this out, someone who's on the team to actually organize their activities so that they can actually achieve what the entrepreneur wants is that they don't know why any of this is being done. And they get overloaded with the wants without any presence of whys, and it confuses them. It's very demoralizing to be confronted with a constant strain of, I want this, I want that, I want that, with no understanding of where this is going. I think it's the chief deficiency that the impact filter corrects. As someone who works with team members a lot, 
I completely agree because they get so frustrated. And without the why, people can't understand where it fits in the bigger picture. They can't figure out how to prioritize. They can't figure out how to allocate their creativity and their efforts and their time. So yes, <laughs> this solves a massive problem for entrepreneurial teamwork, which is something I'm very passionate about. The other thing I really like that you talk about in chapter one is that you're 100% committed. Mm -hmm. And I think that's another key component that team members need to know, too, is how committed are you to this particular project? I think there's a mystery about entrepreneurs because, you know, as I've worked with thousands, I counted up one day, it's more than 6,000 entrepreneurs that I've dealt with personally in more than four decades. And I would say that at the center of every entrepreneur, there is a 100% commitment to something. The only question is, do the team members actually know what that 100% commitment is? And what I mean by that, it's hard to see if there's 50 wants and no why. You can't have 50 whys. You can only have two or three whys, okay? And then there's supporting activities and supporting projects around the, the whys. So my biggest why is that everything we do in Strategic Coach is to expand entrepreneurial freedom, okay? Well, that's the freedom of the entrepreneur at the center, which in my case is me, but there's also the other entrepreneurs who are our clients and customers in strategic coach, and they also have whys they're doing what they're doing. So what I want the communication between strategic coach and the customers and clients with the team, the strategic coach team being the medium of execution and implementation and achievement, is there's a clarity of why straight down the line, and that everybody knows my mind Okay, this is really, really crucial. If you did an interview of all the present team members in Strategic Coach, I would say that compared to most entrepreneurial companies, that the knowledge on the part of the team members about why Dan is doing what he's doing and why we are doing this is pretty clear in a comparative basis. Could it be improved? Yes, obviously. Are there deficiencies? Yes. But I think that, you know, it's like in the 60, 70, 80% realm rather than the 20 or 30% realm of clarity on the part of the team member of why we're doing what we're doing and why we're doing this for the strategic coach clients. So this, everybody knows my mind and I don't want people guessing about what's on my mind. I don't want to depend on extrasensory perception here. I don't want them to have ESP regarding me. I want them to be totally clear, and it's been written down, and they know exactly what it is that I'm up to. Dan, before you mentioned to make everything a project, and that's really what Chapter 2 is about, why is it so important to make everything a project, especially to be able to use the impact filter? I think in today's world, there's an increasing amount of complexity, and that complexity comes from people being in processes that they don't know where this started, they don't know where they are in the process, and they don't know where the process leads, you know, and you can think of bureaucracy as the main example. Bureaucracy is a way of organizing human activity which is almost guaranteed to deprive people involved in the process 
of any sense of morale about what they're doing, any sense of momentum about what they're doing, and any sense of motivation about what is going to come in the future. So what I would say is that entrepreneurism is the opposite of bureaucracy, the complete opposite. What's really surprising about this is that little organizations can be just as bureaucratic as very, very large organizations. So what I notice is that what people really thrive on is having very, very clear-cut projects. And when you are finished with the project, it's a real achievement. Things have been gained. We're further ahead. But not only that, they're measurable. They're very, very measurable. And everybody's contribution to the project is measurable. So in my life, there is no other organizing structure except projects. Everything I do is completely project-based, and I call it packaging my vision. I have a big vision, you know, of where the company will be years down the road. In my own case, I operate within 25-year timeframes. But that 25-year framework is lived on a project-by-project basis, And I'm always learning things as a result of completing projects and starting new projects. And what a project is is an achievement story, okay? And that every project should be so crystal clear about why it's important to do this. And if you look at what people like watching in the movies or on TV or reading books, they much prefer project stories than process stories. And a lot of books, especially nonfiction books, business books, I don't read business books because they're all about processes. They're not about projects. I read fiction because fiction I love, you know, and I'm a murder mystery fan and an international thriller, but every story has a beginning, a middle, and an end, and there's a resolution. There's a sudden energy that the story is finished, and I love that story, or that story really makes me think. We should organize our businesses as a network of achievement stories where everybody has a sense that there's very, very clear-cut beginnings, middles, and ends. And then every time you complete a project, you're further ahead. You know more, you've learned things, your skills have improved, teamwork has improved, And that makes you all the more excited to take on even more important projects as you go forward. So this is really what the impact filter is set to do. It describes an achievement story. I love the idea of achievement stories. As someone who works closely with you and other team members, that's like, yes, I want to know what the story is, you know. And the other thing about the impact filter, and we'll get to this a little bit later, is how it allows for other people's creativity as well. It's a co-created story with your intentionality, which I find very exciting. And just to tie back to what we've been talking about, when I was first looking for a job after university, I knew I had to be in a place where I knew that my efforts mattered. The idea of going into a process organization, I knew I would get lost. So as you're talking about projects and really being able to see that result, I'm like, yes, that's me. (laughs) So the other thing you talk about is what, why, who, how, and when, which are really important criteria for that achievement story to be a success and for people to know if they're going to be able to contribute powerfully. To use the whole concept of fiction and why we love fiction so much and what we realize that over time it's only the fiction that lasts. You know, it's great stories 
that really last. Today, I was on the internet, and it's the 75th anniversary of the movie Casablanca, which is now rated among the certainly the top one, two, or three movies of all time. You know, I've seen it easily 10 times, and I enjoy watching it again. It's Humphrey Bogart and Ingrid Bergman. You know, it's 75 years right now that it was created. And it's just a wonderful story that's gotten more important as it went on. And it was completed in about a month. Start to finish, they completed the whole film in about a month. And it's very compact. It's done on a set mostly with some film footage. Beautifully written, beautifully acted, very, very terrific plot line. And that's what I'm striving for, that power of what happens in fiction. I'm building this into how my entrepreneurial career is going to be based, my entrepreneurial teamwork, my entrepreneurial company, and its success in the marketplace. And every good story has to have what, why, who, how, and when. That's what a story consists of. And so in the impact filter, in the 30 minutes that takes an impact filter, you write the plot line for a complete story. You're almost creating a movie script. You're creating a movie script, and other people can see it. You can actually express your thinking about this in such a way that it's almost satisfying to them just to read the impact filter. So if I give them enormous satisfaction right at the beginning of the project, then they have this energy. Oh, this is going to be very, very exciting. So the big thing here that you want to do with the impact filter, you want to take your idea and using words in a particular structured way is that the idea becomes teamwork because the team in receiving the impact filter is immediately taken with the idea. They know their part. They understand totally how their contribution can be made, and they understand totally what success means and how it's going to be measured at the end. And it's like a great movie. It's like a great fictional story. And for a team member, that is totally dreamy. (laughs) That's what they want. They want to know how they can make, as you said, their contribution. And the impact filter completely outlines that and also tells them how they're going to win, which is another key part. Team members want to make sure their efforts aren't wasted and that they're towards something that's actually going to be meaningful. And one of the things you talk about with the impact filter, it allows endless winning achievements, which just sounds like this incredible success story to me. Yeah. So I'm in my 70s right now, and people say, well, what keeps you going? And when we were writing this book and we came up with this particular chapter, I said, because my past has been about endless Well, it's not endless. There's a certain number of winning achievements. But when I look at the future, my future is just always about me being clear, totally clear at the beginning of the project, communicating this in a way that only takes me a half hour, and now begins another winning achievement for myself, for whoever is working with me, because I have different teams that I work with. So what's my future? My future is endless winning achievements. And I've got to believe that someone who's working in Strategic Coach or all the entrepreneurial companies that we have in our client base, that if your future is just always endless winning achievements, 
you don't run out of energy. You have high morale. You have a sense of momentum about your career. And you have tremendous motivation because on the basis of the projects you've already completed, the winning achievements that you've already completed, the notion of even bigger winning achievements becomes the next step. Dan, in Chapter 3, you really start to get into how to actually think through the impact filter process. And it starts with purpose, importance, and outcome. So what is so significant about purpose, importance, and outcome? Well, here, you know, for those of you who are listening to this as part of reading the book, and the very beginning of this book, on the front cover, it's a fold-out And what we have is an actual diagram of the impact filter diagram, and it's filled in. And I've filled it in with my intention that you master this form. So the impact filter is actually filled in. That's a message from myself to anyone who's reading the book, listening to this, that the project here is that you, within a half hour, will master this thinking process. So the importance, and I want to say this, that the form, the actual page that the impact filter is, and it's never more than a page, it's always one page. If you can't write a good impact filter on one page, it's not a good idea that you're trying to (laughs) write about. But there's three upfront answers that you have to give to anyone who you're asking them to set aside their time to support you on a project. And the three things, you have to give them the purpose of the project, you have to tell them the importance of the project, and you have to give them a clear idea of what you're seeing as an outcome of the project. Okay, And so much of what gets started in the world lacks those three answers. So in the absence of clear-cut answers, what people have is dozens and hundreds of questions when they start. Okay, if you don't give them the answers, what you're going to get in return is endless questions. Look, you're asking me to set aside time from a busy schedule. You're asking me to divert what you told me was the most important project, and now you're suggesting that this project is even more important. So what we have to do is you have to give them a very convincing upfront of purpose, importance, and outcome. And these three things right off the bat, and it takes about five minutes to actually state this in writing, it says what I want to accomplish. This is why you should give attention to this. Okay, This is really important, and it's my role in strategic coach to come up with new things. Okay, And mine are mainly in the area of the program, the strategic coach program. And I have to tell you why this new thing we're doing is so important. I love it. So purpose is what you want to accomplish, and that just really lays it out. So you have to be really, really clear on that. And the next question is, why is it so important? So this Mm -hmm. is the why question, and that's really the importance. So you mentioned before, Dan, we were talking about context. Let's just reiterate for this particular project just what the importance is. Well, the first thing, what I want to accomplish is that everyone reading this book, The Extraordinary Impact Filter, will immediately after reading it feel that they've mastered this as a thinking tool for the rest of their life. Love it. 
And why is it so important? And it's so important because it's going to save them incredible amount of time, and it's going to multiply their success rate in all the projects that they take on for the rest of their life. It's going to take up their success rate by 10 times right away. They're just going to get a huge quantum leap in their ability to get things done in terms of communicating, and it's going to multiply greatly right off the bat their ability to have major, major teamwork around their projects. Mm. And by the way, that number sounds really large as you're listening, and I have to tell you, it's absolutely true. So, Dan, you're not overstating the case at all when you say 10 times more effectiveness. Now, the third question, which is so critical, which is the outcome. So what does the final product look like? And we call this ideal outcome. What's the ideal outcome of people really grasping how to use the impact? Filter? Yeah, as you can see in the layout, when you're finished this, your entire ability as a creator of new projects in the world is going to be set at a much higher level of capability. So within a very, very short period of time, your whole capability is going to jump. And your confidence about taking on much bigger projects in the future is going to take a big jump, and it's going to be a permanent jump, and it's going to be a jump that keeps getting better as you go forward. So this is the essence of all achievement in the world. We're mainly writing and talking to people who are entrepreneurs, but entrepreneurial is a way of thinking that the whole population can actually take on, and it has to do with this looking at your future as projects that as much as possible you want to build teamwork around, and you want to be able to achieve things very, very quickly with maximum clarity and confidence right at the beginning of the project that carries all the way through to the end. So that's really my intention for this book. And as I say, on the inside of the front cover, the fold-out, you can see my intentions for you as the reader of actually taking on this new capability. Thank you. That's a fantastic example of purpose, importance, and ideal outcome. And I can tell that you're completely sold, Dan, on this process. Does it ever happen, Dan, that you attempt to fill out the purpose, importance, and outcome? And you've talked about this before as being kind of your intellectual engagement with your project. What happens if you're not sold when you get to that point? Then I don't sell. Right. So my condition for opening my mouth about anything that I want in the future is that I'm completely sold on it before I begin the selling process. And I've seen so many entrepreneurs who get frustrated because they have an idea, they put the idea out as you know a 15-second comment, and then they voice their displeasure on how people don't respond to it. You know, I need better staff because they're not reading my mind, they're not intuiting my ambition, they're not seeing what I'm about. Why can't I find good people? And I said, well, if you were a good person, you would find good people. But you're not a good person because you keep everybody in the dark, including yourself, about what the importance is of the next jumps that you're actually seeing. You're emotionally involved with an image that exists only in your mind, but you're not giving anyone the clarity that they need to really understand what you're doing. And then you start blaming them and finding displeasurable. And, and, you know, this is not peculiar to the entrepreneurial world. It's peculiar to the human race. 
But the big thing here is everything that you see on the impact filter, if you look around all the different sections of the impact filter, and we're going to completely go through this in the rest of the book, is that you're providing the crucial thing that human beings need to feel independently confident about contributing to a joint project, and that is context. Without context, there's no collaboration. Mm, So true. In your line, context creates collaboration, I think is something that people need to put on their walls. (laughs) I think that's a very important statement. It's playful and fun to think about the fact that impact filters help people be better people and better collaborators. Mm Mm-hmm. I know that the impact of the impact filter on me, because I've really um, gone deep into this over the last 10 years, one is I bought back an incredible amount of time simply by taking only 30 minutes to launch something that might involve hundreds of hours on the part of other people, but those 100 hours have all been done within the framework of them feeling very clear, very confident about the project that I've launched with the 30 minutes of thinking. And the reason is because I've mastered giving people context. As a result of that, they have mastered how they can collaborate in the best possible way for a jump not only in my entrepreneurial life, but a jump for the entrepreneurial company and a jump for their careers as team members in the strategic coach. You know, there can be no real effective, satisfying collaboration if there isn't crystal clear context expressed right at the beginning of a project. Amen. In Chapter 4, you go through what is the second part of the impact filter, and that is the best and worst results. So I love how purpose, importance, and ideal outcome really is the intellectual framework for the project, but also how you talk about the best and worst results as the emotional connection with this project. So why is it critical to bring in emotions to a project? Maybe about 15 years ago, one of my great friends in Strategic Coach, and, you know, it's one of the most collaborative relationships that we've established as a company with another entrepreneur, and his company is Joe Polish with Genius Network. Joe, just out of the blue one day, says, what's your definition of selling? And without thinking about it very much, I came up with a definition that he really loved. And the definition was, selling is, number one, intellectually engaging an individual with a future desirable result that's really good for them. In other words, they're engaged with their mind, and that's where purpose, importance, and ideal outcome is that you've given them a sense of a future desirable result that's really good for them. But that's at the mind level. And then the second part is that you enable them to emotionally commit to that future desirable result so that it leads to decision-making and action and achievement. So in the previous chapter, we've talked about the intellectual engagement that's there, the context. But now you're at the emotional level. And if I'm doing the impact filter, then I have to say, well, what's the best and worst result that can happen either from doing this or not doing this. So I'm totally biased towards action here. And people say, well, the way you express this, you know, is what is the best that can happen if you 
take action and what's the worst that can happen if you don't take action. So I'm totally, entrepreneurs are action people. The entrepreneurial world is all about action. So I'm getting people to say, how are you going to emotionally respond to having gone through here and thought about this, but then you didn't take action, okay? So it's best and worst because I prefer best come first, but I actually, when I'm doing the impact filter, I do the worst first. And it's a real bummer, actually. It's a real bummer if I go through this thinking and I'm all excited about something and I don't take action. So this is where you state your commitment. The first part, three, is the context, but this is about the commitment. So people have to have the context But then the second thing that they need to have, and I need to have if I'm selling myself, is that I have to state my 100% commitment. And by going through this best and worst, and in the diagram, I say, well, the best that can happen is that everyone who encounters this idea, who reads the book, who listens to it, is immediately sold on using this now for all their future projects. And as a result, just multiplying their success and achievement by 10 times. And that's my commitment. That's why I think it's such a great thing. I mean, this just does wonders for entrepreneurs and their teams in the marketplace, for anybody who reads this. And I'm completely sold on this. So what I'm working towards here, that there's absolutely no possibility in my mind of holding back on this project. Okay, it's full steam ahead. You know, we're moving forward. And what I'm trying to communicate is the enormous excitement level, the enormous sense of progress and achievement that I'm seeing in my mind. Okay, that's the best result. The worst result is I feel very, very frustrated because progress is not going to be achieved in this area. But at the same time, I have to be aware that if I can't create enough energy, emotional energy, in looking at the best and worst, so that I'm just 100% in, you know, I've gone to the high board and I've dived into the deepest part of the pool and I'm loving it. If I can't convince myself that that will be true, then I'm not going to communicate this project. So, One of the things that the impact filter has allowed me to do is to think through ideas for future projects, okay, but then not to just put them out there unless I've got this emotional commitment to them. So it might be a great idea, and I've had great ideas, but it's turned out that it's a great idea for three years down the road. Okay, it's a great idea as part of something else. And I'm not going to bother anyone. I'm not going to ask anyone to give me five minutes of their attention unless they have the total confirmation up front that I'm 100% committed to this. So I'm not going to bother anybody with any idea where I'm not fully in the pool. I'm not fully in the water on this. So what I'm looking for here is to motivate, Shannon. I want to motivate, and I've got to put all my cards on the table for someone to be motivated. There can't be anything held back. There can't be anything that they don't know about going forward. And the thing about the preciousness of other people's time, attention, and energy really builds as you do the impact filter. I don't want to waste a moment of other people's time 
on something that's maybe a guess on my part or it's, you know, this might be a neat thing. That would be a squandering of the most important resource that I have, which is the teamwork of everybody in the strategic coach company. So the worst that can happen is that this is just another interesting idea that people read. I haven't been convincing enough in my expression of this idea in this book, and the diagram doesn't really convince them. And as a result of that, it's just another idea. And we've put in a lot of effort here at Coach to create what we think is a very powerful tool, and we haven't done a good job of actually convincing it because they're not convinced that we're convinced. That's definitely a worst result. (laughs) And I really appreciate a lot of what you've just said, Dan. First of all, the mindset that you are bringing to this, the preciousness of other people's time and attention and energy, and you want to make sure it's worthwhile, which is where the word filter comes in Mm -hmm. with impact filters. Mm -hmm. So this is what you use to filter through the really great ideas that are very timely now that are going to have a big impact and filter out the ones that are useful only for your own thinking or for three years down the road or, as you said, part of something else. So I think that's just a whole way of thinking about it that I really want everyone listening to get a hold of is that you don't share all of the impact filters that you do. No. No. In fact, you share a small percentage of them. If I've done 10, I've found historically, although it's going in the other direction, so I would say historically about three out of 10 impact filters, you know, and that's five hours of my time. If I do 10 impact filters, it's five hours of my time, less than a work day. But about three of them have gone right on into full teamwork, full execution, and full achievement. But you have to understand, I know so much more about this process now. So I would say now it's about two out of three let's say it's six or seven out of 10 that Mm -hmm. actually go into action. But here's the interesting thing. As I've gotten better and better at this skill, I launch fewer projects. Right. I launch fewer projects, but the projects are much more consequential. You know, they have much bigger multiplier. So actually, by using the impact filter to do my thinking for all projects, what's happened is that time has sort of slowed down. I'm not overloading the team with projects, but every project that they work on has exponential results compared with, say, one that I would do five years ago. Well, and the best and the worst, another way that you've talked about it is it's the excitement, but also the fear, which is two emotional types of fuel in the tank. And I think your point, and I so appreciate when people are emotionally committed to to their projects and ideas, is that the differential is pretty big. If we do it, it's going to be amazing. If we don't, it's going to be a real consequence. So that's kind of, again, the green light to go ahead with it. So I really appreciate the distinction between purpose, importance, and ideal outcome being the intellectual framework and the context, and the best and worst being the emotional commitment. Thank you. All right, Dan. Now that everything is completely lined up, in Chapter 5, you talk about the success criteria, which I really love because, to my mind, these these are kind of the marching orders for everyone to get really in sync with exactly what success looks like. So this is where you specify every measurable result that has to be true for the project to be considered successful. Why is it so important to outline the different success criteria? Well, 
Otherwise, it becomes political. And one of the things I've noticed is that where you don't give people clear-cut measurements on how their efforts are going to be directed and how they can tell for themselves that progress is being made, then it becomes political. Does the entrepreneur really like me? Is the entrepreneur supportive of me? And it becomes very, very subjective. So what I want is that once I've launched the project, I don't want anyone involved in the project to feel uncertainty about whether I think they're doing a good job or not. They're doing a good job if the measurements that we've put on the sheet of paper are being achieved. And it's completely objective. There's nothing subjective about it. And it's when objectivity is lacking, when there isn't a clear-cut measurable result, and this is time-based, you know. So one of the things that I have to talk about here slightly is that this is the beginning of a conversation when I do the impact filter, but I'm not someone who's really good at completing things. I'm very good at starting things. I'm sending the impact filter to people who are very, very good at completing things. So consequently, how this is going to get done, how the project's going to get done, is 50% in the hands of the people who are doing it. And I'm not going to tell them how they have to go about their activities. They're masters at their activities. If they get a clear-cut statement of what's to be achieved, they have all sorts of abilities for completing things that I don't. And I think it's the biggest mistake that entrepreneurs make, from my experience going back almost half a century, is that because they can see a clear-cut result, they think that they know how this is supposed to be achieved. They know what needs to be achieved. They can state exactly what it looks like. But how, once the impact filter has left their hands and has gotten into the minds and the hands of other people, there's a whole set of skills out there that I don't have. More and more so, as I go along, I realize what little skills I have for actually communicating things. So I'm playing a team role here, is that Dan is phenomenally good at clarifying a new possibility, and he can tell you exactly why this new possibility, when it becomes real, is going to be such a jump forward for everybody. And he knows what it looks like on the day that it's achieved. It looks like this, it looks like this, it looks like this. And these are all measurable results. If I provide that information, the people who are real doers, who are real practical achievers, who understand systems of teamwork, who understand how to put projects together and actually achieve them, they're completely freed up from me. They're not responding to me anymore. They're responding to the impact filter. Okay, the impact filter is now the boss. I'm not the boss anymore. I have played a part in the project. So there's no guesswork for teamwork. And the measurable results, what are called the success criteria on the impact filter form, it has to be expressed as either a number that can be counted or an event where it's clear-cut the event either happened or it did not happen. And that's the crucial fact here. And that's what makes it objective. Okay, it's no longer is Dan happy, you know, is the entrepreneur who's initiating is he's happy. Was the number achieved and did the event happen? That's the objective part. 
Otherwise, things are just subjective. Does he like what I'm doing? You know, is he happy with our progress and everything else? There's no answer to these questions. There's only confusion. Well, I'm getting more excited as you're talking because I'm just imagining teamwork that's not political, that's not subjective, that's not subject to opinion, and it looks so transformative because that's office politics right there. Yeah. And in this one simple way, it takes, as you said, one time to practice getting good at it, but you've actually eliminated so much of the complexity that's involved in teamwork. I love it. I'm so excited for teams out there to get this and to really use this as how they measure progress. And you've just, again, eliminated so much of the danger that I see daily in entrepreneurial team members' lives. Yeah, and you know, from my own experience, I hate being in a situation where I'm subjected to an environment that's a political environment. I mean, I keep my politics devoting. <laughs> you know, I try not to bring politics into my entrepreneurial life. One of the reasons why I'm an entrepreneur is that I want to bypass politics. For myself as an entrepreneur, I want to bypass politics. And I want to replace politics with clear-cut achievement and constant, endless winning stories. But then, in order to safeguard my team, I can't bring politics into the situation by lack of clarity. So throughout the project, my goal is that everyone should be totally confident about their part of the progress, and they should be confident about the overall progress of the entire team. And they should have this sense that the project is a shared achievement that their unique ability is linking up with other unique abilities, and together the whole team is moving forward. So at the end, it's an achievement of the project, it's an achievement of the team, and it's an individual achievement in terms of their participation in the project. Dan, you are solving a problem that Gallup identified when it surveyed just thousands and thousands of team members, and that one of the number one dissatisfiers is people not knowing what's expected of them. Mm -hmm. And what I'm enjoying is that the success criteria in the impact filter just makes it crystal clear. You know, it's measurable or it's an event, and you can go yes, no, yes, no, and just check off that list. So you've eliminated one of the major things that Gallup has identified, which I think is a pretty great achievement right there. So the last point here is your intentionality, their success. Talk more about what that means. Well, first of all, you know, I'm positioning this for the person who's actually the entrepreneur. But in life, we can think that everybody can be an entrepreneur in the sense that they're taking on bigger achievements from where they are. Not everybody is going to be technically an entrepreneur from, you know, like you actually have a business, you own the business, but everybody has a business that they can own, you know, in life. And this spreads out not just in their work life, but it's in their outside life and their personal life. I mean, to conduct your personal life in terms of projects makes just as much sense as conducting all of your activity inside of your work life. So my feeling is that what I'm doing with the impact filter is that I'm introducing into the lives of my team an exciting new story. It's going to be a story about winning achievement. And what's going to be celebrated at the end is not only the achievement of the project, the completion of the project, but what's going to be celebrated is actually their increased success in actually pulling off projects. So like I'm creating 
great achievement stories, but they're also great success stories. Well, and the whole idea of everyone being able to learn this and not just being in the domain or hands of the entrepreneur, we haven't talked about this yet, but one of the best ways to be in teamwork with you is to present you with an impact filter. Yes. And we'll get to that a little bit. But I've also, to the point of taking it home to my personal life, my family and I have done impact filters on what kind of a vacation we want to have together. And I have two teenage girls, so as you can imagine, they have an opinion (laughs) about what they want to do. And it gets us literally on the same page. Mm -hmm. And again, we have both that intellectual context and emotional commitment to what we're creating together, and we all know what the success criteria is. It's a very powerful tool, I think, for any human to get much better at being intentional. Yes. You know, I think intentionality is what makes human beings most uniquely human, is that they have this ability to see the future and experience it emotionally as if it already existed, but then they have the skill of actually taking their thoughts, putting them into a form where they can communicate this to generate the maximum amount of collaboration about what they see in the future. And this is an amazing skill. There's no other species that we know of has it. They talk about the possibility of artificial intelligence and robots. And I said, well, they may be smart, but I bet they're not going to be intentional to match humans in terms of intentionality. Completely true. Dan, in Chapter 6, we talk a little bit more about selling yourself first. We've been talking a lot about teamwork and collaboration, but let's again just focus on why you never, ever try to sell a project to anyone else until you first sold yourself on it. When you look at all the talk these days about people being frustrated with their lives or disappointed with their lives, I would say, without proving this in some sort of widespread survey, That enormous amount of the internal frustration that people feel is their lack of being able to get things done that they see as representing their future satisfaction, their future enjoyment. And they feel cooped up inside themselves in the sense that they're not really, really clear about what they want. They're not having an actual conversation with themselves that is very systematic and it checks off all the boxes of what you need to be clear and committed. Not only that, but they're enormously frustrated that they can't get the cooperation and the teamwork from other people because there's so much that we want to achieve in our lives these days that really require the help and support, the understanding, the encouragement of other people. So I think people are more and more feeling isolated and cooped up But what they don't realize is that they have a responsibility. They would like the benefit of massive cooperation on the part of other people, but they haven't earned the cooperation of other people. They haven't taken the necessary first steps in terms of their own thinking to identify their true intentionality. So what they're trying to do is to sell without being sold. And I think that this causes massive amounts of confusion, complexity, conflict, and discouragement on the part of people. The other thing is that there's a lot of talk about leadership, and there's a general dissatisfaction in almost every area of life that we're not seeing a lot of leadership. This, you know, Obviously, it's directed towards the political realm, but it's virtually every realm. We don't have people who inspire great teamwork and great activities for the most part. I mean, 
the people who are capable of this are famous and they're in the headlines and they get awards. But it's kind of a mystery how this leadership actually exists. And my feeling is that all leadership starts with the impact filter process, whether you know the impact filter or not. And my feeling is that it's 10 times better to know the process than not to know it. Otherwise, you might get lucky and actually exhibit leadership And then everybody says this is marvelous, but my feeling is why don't we just make it systematic? Why don't we just make it automatic? You want to be able to replicate the experience. I do. I do. I want to be a great leader all the time. And what it comes back to is that I'm a great leader inside my own mind when I'm by myself, that I'm actually having a conversation with myself as if there's a second person there and I'm convincing the whole me to actually get involved with this. And there's a part of me that is represented by the impact filter, which is an automatic process of getting myself personally totally clear and totally committed before I expect anyone else to get involved with my ideas about the future. So it's really critical then to appreciate that the impact filter is really a conversation that you're having with yourself first of all, before you have it with others. Mm -hmm. And one other experience of this I want to make sure gets across is that you don't have to have it all thought out when you start the impact filter. One of the things I love most about it is I am so much smarter at the end than I was at the beginning. Mm -hmm. And just by answering the questions and by going through the thinking process, it really is, it's a thinking tool. Don't think of it a form like you put your name, address, and phone number. It's the farthest from that. But you actually discover your own thinking in the process of filling out the impact filter. And then you get that clarity that you're talking about. So I love the fact I don't have to have it all figured out before I start, but I certainly am crystal clear by the end. Yeah. Well, the other thing is that we discover amazing new things through teamwork towards goals that none of us individually could achieve, but we can achieve through teamwork. The biggest aspect about that is that you don't have to have all the skills to take on something much, much bigger. You only need certain of the skills. And as the entrepreneur, what you need is the intentionality skills so that everybody can clearly understand how they can utilize only their best abilities in a much bigger project that has very clear-cut measurement when it's finished. And what I notice is that the best people buy into this process. How do you find out that you have a really good team? You set up a blueprint that can only lead to success, and you allow them to continually experience success after success after success, and they make the judgment about which of their skills they should really focus on because all their skills are being used for a much bigger result. It's not just them isolated, them working in a company from nine to five, hoping that they don't get into trouble and hoping that the boss loves them and that he likes them better than he likes the other people in the company. That's all craziness, you know, and that's the bureaucratic process where people... Bureaucracy might start off with good intentions, but quickly it fills up with politics. After a while, there's almost no intentionality, and it's just all politics. In the entrepreneurial world, there is a clear-cut measurement of achievement and success, and it's called a sale. Somebody pays you, 
in some way, you get paid through money. You get paid with new opportunities. You get paid with new resources. So what I'm looking for constantly, day by day, as I go about my business in Strategic Coach is that I want some sort of sale, okay? And it's a sale to move forward on something. It's a sale to send us a check. It's a sale to introduce us to new opportunities. So that becomes very, very extraordinary as you go forward. And it's extraordinary in a quantitative sense. In other words, you know, we can see the numbers in terms of revenues and profits, but it's also extraordinary in a qualitative sense that the experience itself is just immensely enjoyable. You know, I know people who have been so dispirited and so demoralized by their lives, work lives, that they want to retire at a very early age so that they can go off and have a somewhat enjoyable experience in their personal time. And here I am approaching 50 years in the game, and I've never been more excited about the day-to-day activity, but also just incredibly fascinated with what the future lies, and it's because I have this tool at the very center of my life. And it's an extraordinary tool. It's an extraordinary impact filter. Dan, in Chapter 7, you talk about one of your rules, which is no filter, no meeting, (laughs) which every time I say it cracks me up, but it's also completely true. Why do you refuse to have a meeting unless there's an impact filter involved? What I notice from the reports, people say, well, let's have a meeting to talk about something. So my first response to this, and I'm meeting averse almost by nature, (laughs) I don't like having meetings to have meetings, okay? And if you hear reports from the environments that are very bureaucratic, it's meetings to set up a meeting, to have another meeting, and then to expand the number of meetings that you have. And don't forget the meeting after the meeting. And the meeting after the meeting, and people's schedules for morning till night is... 10 meetings packed in. And I said, well, what are all these meetings for? Why do you have those meetings? So I have a rule in Strategic Coach, which has been in effect for at least five years, that I will never call a meeting with anyone else unless I first sent them an impact filter of my intentions for why we're having the meeting. And the other thing is no one can call me into a meeting unless 24 hours before the meeting, I've received their impact filter on why we're meeting. What this means is that someone showing up for my meeting has got the full benefit of my thinking before they walk into the room. And I try to make it 24 hours beforehand. And they're totally clear about the purpose, the importance, the ideal outcome. They're totally clear about best result, worst result. And they're totally clear about the eight success criteria. So they walk into the room having done more useful thinking than 10 meetings without an impact filter have done. They're totally clear. And generally, in that type of meeting where I've called the meeting or where someone else has called the meeting, It's very short, and it's very productive. Yes, and that's my experience with meetings with you. When I've been in a meeting with you and handed you an impact filter, usually it's like, yes, 
and then there might be 30 seconds, a minute of conversation, and then we're done. Yeah, I remember one, and it has to do with the book project, and it was at some point it was suggested that we bring in an outside writer. And I remember I received an impact filter from you, Shannon, and from Carrie Morrison, who's our great, great editor on this project, and it laid out the complete reason, the purpose, the importance, all the factors that are in the impact filter. And I looked at it and I said, yeah, that's a great idea. So then we had time for the meeting and we sat down and I said, I totally buy this. I think this is terrific. And you feel good about it. You feel everything about it. If you looked at your watch, maybe it was three minutes, but it was over. It was launched, you know, the initiative where in the other settings without the impact filter, people would say, can we get together and talk? Maybe there's a better way of getting this written. You know, we're experiencing all sorts of pressures here and everything like that. And you're an hour into it and there's no clarity. No purpose has been established, no importance, no ideal outcome and everything else, and then said, well, let's put some thoughts together and get together for another meeting on how we could work on this. And it might end up in four or five meetings, how you're going to solve this, when someone was already clearly intentional about what the solution was and just presented it. I knew when I got the impact filter that both of you were totally committed to doing this, and I said, let's go for it. Which was fabulous, because it could have been otherwise a bit of a tense conversation. You might not have liked the idea, but the fact that it was in the form of an impact filter made it incredibly clear, as you said, to get the full benefit of the thinking. Mm -hmm. That is such a brilliant way of putting yeah, it. Yeah, and it's been a major, major breakthrough. I've been ecstatic about the results of having Adam on the team, and it's fantastic. One of the things also, just to talk about how to use it, is I do this before I do a podcast interview, like an author interview. I will send the author what I want to get out of the interview, and they know exactly what to expect. And I started doing that because I was interviewing people, and they were not giving me what I wanted. I thought my questions would be enough. No. And when I sent them the impact filter, even though they weren't all that familiar with it, then it was textbook right after that. So I love the multiple uses for it. And there's lots of mm -hmm. different versions of meetings. It can be a conversation. It can be a physical meeting. It can be an interview. It could be an article. Lots of different ways to use it. Yeah, I had an example two days ago where there was a marketing program that I got the notice that it was going to be starting a couple months down the road. And I said, here are my reasons why I think we ought to start this marketing campaign six weeks earlier. And I laid it out as purpose, importance, ideal outcome, best result, worst result. And I sent it to Babs, who would be having communication with the people. And three hours later, the team leader on marketing, Paul Hamilton, came in and said, we, we've moved it back six weeks. And I wasn't even part of the conversations about it, but my impact filter was so clear on the advantages of starting six weeks earlier that Babs was able to get it and communicate it to Paul, so we're starting at six weeks earlier. So that was a half hour of my time. I didn't require a meeting on my part at all. Babs simply said, I got your ideas, we're going to chat about it, and that was the solution. And I was totally clear, and I was totally committed. So you get a, what I call a 10 times faster go-forward agreement out of all your meetings. 
you don't meet unless the meeting on everybody's part is to go forward and everybody knows their role. They're completely agreed on the project. Now, they may have ideas about how to achieve it much better than I've laid out in the impact filter, but I couldn't get their better ideas if I didn't do the impact filter first. Well, and the fact that one meeting launches a team. Yeah. I don't know about most people listening, but isn't that a dream of most people not to have 18 meetings, but to have one? Yeah. That's an incredible breakthrough. I love that. Yeah. In most places, one meeting launches an opposition. (laughs) (laughs) So Uh, true. Launches 10 meetings of opposition or doubt or resistance or worry or anxiety. All sorts of new complexity is involved. And, you know, this is the story of bureaucratic life. Well, and one key example, and this comes from when we were creating the win streak app. So you had done an impact filter on what you wanted, which is, you know, that it went viral. So that's why it's free. So the win streak app. And then Kathy Davis, one of your key project managers, took that and she had planned a two-hour spec meeting with the vendor, the people who would the actually- developers. The developers who would create the app. And because she had sent the impact filter through first, the two-hour meeting- took 20 minutes. And if anyone has been in any kind of a software development process, you know that that is completely unheard of. And normally it takes multiple meetings just to try and figure out what you're up to. Because we were so clear, you and Kathy, on exactly what the project entailed, it was 20 minutes. And that's just such an exponential saving Mm -hmm. of mess and time and wasted energy Mm -hmm. and confusion. It's really powerful. Shannon, you know, that story, and we have hundreds of stories like that, But I want to get across this point that I think that meetings are the killer of morale, momentum, and motivation in all organization. Meetings without results, meetings without a go-forward agreement on the part of everybody are the killers of the morale of the organization, any sense of momentum, and any sense of motivation about the future. So I've just established a framework. I'll be in any meeting that you give me an impact filter beforehand, and I will not expect you to be any meeting with me unless I've sent you an impact filter beforehand, and it's really crystal clear. But if someone has spent a half hour thinking through the impact filter, I am totally eager to be in a meeting to talk about the result that they're looking for. I'm totally enthusiastic. But not only that, I'm probably totally sold before I walk into the meeting. We're just going to talk about some practical details about how it's going to get started. So, Well, and not only meetings, Dan, you're very, very clear that if a communication from you comes with an impact filter, pay close attention. And if it doesn't, Don't worry about it, (laughs) which is kind of refreshing. Most entrepreneurs make no such distinction, and their team, as you've described, is running around not knowing what to do, which is actually what Chapter 8 is all about, extraordinary teamwork. So we'll talk about that in just a moment. Dan, we've been talking throughout our conversation about teamwork with regard to the impact filter. In Chapter 8, you really drill down very specifically on how it is so transformational and how it creates extraordinary teamwork. So why, again, is it just so impactful to have the impact filter for teamwork? Well, Shannon, in the 21st century, teamwork is the crucial success capability. And I don't care what area of your life you're talking about that you get rewarded, you achieve, you have success uh, according to how good you are at teamwork. And, you know, since 
we're really directing all of these quarterly books towards an entrepreneurial audience. This is absolutely crucial for entrepreneurs to make it in the marketplace and in all areas of their life. And, you know, there's an interesting phrase in the English language, and it's called getting everybody on the same page. You know, when there's a phrase, I kind of go after it, and I said, where did that phrase come from? And what I began to realize is that the page is either a good page or a bad page. And the other thing is that when people use the term everybody on the same page, they don't usually mean an actual page. But in the case of the impact filter, we're talking about one page. So everybody is on the same page, and everything that teamwork requires to get launched from an idea in an entrepreneur's head to actual teamwork that actually creates the result that the entrepreneur wants, it's literally on one page. I think the great breakthrough for me, and I worked on this for 20 years to try to get a page that would trigger teamwork. First of all, it would trigger really clear thinking in my head, and then to identify a really best result from a new idea, a new possibility in the future, and that by simply doing this one page, everybody would get the point of the project because it's launching a project, but they would all be committed to the best results at the end of a very, very short reading. It takes two minutes, basically, to read through an impact filter. And everybody whose capabilities are going to be needed to get that result can instantly form into a team as a result of this one page. And what I really love about that is it's not just communicating the task that needs to get done, which is often completely out of context, and people don't know the why. (laughs) And so the impact filter actually paints the picture of what it is that we're looking to accomplish together. Then, as you said, because everyone's aligned on exactly what needs to be achieved, and they're committed to that best result, and they get to bring their talents to bear, that all of a sudden, in that two-minute comprehension and understanding is so much more powerful and and a whole different level of communication than how it happens every single day in businesses all over the world. Mm -hmm. First of all, you know, just to replay a little bit of what we've covered on the impact filter sheet so far is that by putting down, first of all, why it's important to me, so important to me that I'm totally committed to it. And the fact that I'm totally committed to it is simply my sending this sheet out to people. And in Strategic Coach, you know, as I've said before, I don't just brainstorm with ideas in the open because I find that puts people into a state of confusion. You know, is this something Dan is really serious about? If I've sent them an impact filter, they know that I've sold myself. And now they are committed to the best result. Because I'm committed to the best result, they can be committed to the best result. And in the 
laying out the best results in the success criteria. In other words, when this project is finished, this will be true, this will be true, this will be true. You're also laying out a blueprint for which capabilities are needed. And someone reading that and saying, oh, so-and-so is going to do that, so-and-so is going to do that, but these two are mine, and I'm going to have to do it. So I'm not laying out tasks for people because... How people are going to do this is in their area of capability. So I'm not the expert on implementation. I'm the expert on giving someone really clear results that they can use their best abilities. But not only that, everybody's going to have to integrate their best abilities. So that's the beautiful thing about it, that an idea in my head becomes a project. The project is laid out in such a way that it creates a blueprint for the best possible teamwork to actually get the results. People can go to business school for two, three years, best business schools in the world, but they don't teach the skill. Mm -hmm. They don't teach the skill. They teach the usual top-down, you know, it's for you to know the reason, it's for them to know the tasks. And I said, no, you can't do that in the 21st century, and certainly not in an entrepreneurial context. You can do it in perhaps a bureaucratic world where people are endlessly given tasks to do without a higher knowledge of why this is really important. So once the impact filter has arrived, I'm not in control of the project anymore. The impact filter is in control. So now there's something that's shared in common, which is in control of the project. And it's the everybody working to their best ability, but their best ability within teamwork to actually have progress and then have achievement. So it's the success criteria that then is in control of the project. Which I think is such a critical point, and we talked about it earlier as well, but the fact that, you know, it's not you, do you like them, do you like their work? It's not your your assessment or judgment of that person. It's, you know, the success criteria really are the default, and then everyone can self-manage. And it really taps into, I wrote down, collective intelligence. You really tap into everyone's biggest thinking, most appropriate application of their own talents and their own passions. You also tap in, because everyone's really clear on what the best result looks like, that they're doing something meaningful. And that's become increasingly important in business, that people aren't just doing tasks, that's not terribly fulfilling, but they're doing something big and important that moves everything ahead and impacts positively on people's lives. It looks so simple on one page, but it does so much. So I appreciate you putting the 20 years in, Dan. Well, Shannon, let me ask you a question because 20 years also is not even the total amount of time that you've been creating the teamwork program. And you've literally, if you put together all the team members who've come for their separate training in Strategic Coach and also you're going out and actually working with the teams, it must be over thousands of team members where the impact filter has been a central focus of the team program. What's the difference that you notice about way things were with teams before they get the impact filter as one of many tools that they get in Strategic Coach? But what's the big before and after difference that you notice when teams really get the impact filter in alignment with their entrepreneur? Well, the first answer that comes to mind is night and day. (laughs) But the more descriptive words are from confusion to clarity. 
And I would add commitment to that as well. And I've been trying to bridge this gap between entrepreneurs and team members since 1995. That was really when I first went, oh, my gosh, there's a big problem to solve here. What can I do to help? Because I would hear entrepreneurs be so frustrated with the teams that the message wasn't getting across, and the team members were frustrated because they didn't understand how to best serve and take care of and fulfill what the entrepreneur wants. And I've been trying to bridge this gap. And then the impact filter. (laughs) And it really is the tool. It's the communication vehicle. And it works both ways, by the way. We've been talking about a lot in terms of how you use it, Dan, but also it works really well together as a team to get on the same page, which everyone comes in with their own mindset, their own experience, their own history, and their own thinking. And when you put it together on the page, all of a sudden that creates alignment as well. So it has had a profound difference. And in fact, just recently I was coaching, I like to use the analogy of a baton. So if you think about really great teamwork as a relay race, I call it the unique ability relay, two really important rules in a relay race. Number one is have the right person in the right place in the race. I'm not athletic, but I've been taught that. And number two is don't drop the baton. Mm -hmm. So I literally, in my coaching session, wrapped the impact filter around the baton and handed it to someone. (laughs) They were like, okay, I got it. And that never happens. Before this, everyone dropped the baton because they didn't understand what was required. They focused on one part of it, not the whole picture. They thought it was just a task, weren't clear on the urgency. So everyone was confused. And then the impact filter, when it's used, by the way, some people have it and struggle to put it into place. But when you're actually using the impact filter, all of a sudden, everyone can run the race and can win. And they can do it quickly to one of your points here. And I don't know about you, but I hate wasting time and I hate wasting effort and I hate seeing other people waste time and effort. And this just speeds up and makes everything so much more efficient because everyone's cleared on the same page. So I could wax eloquent for a long time about this, but it's made a huge difference. Well, the interesting point about your use of the relay race, a relay race in track and field, where the term comes from, is not just one handoff to one other person. It's always four. Mm -hmm. could be various distances, but there's always four runners. First of all, there has to be a great start. And in this case, it's the entrepreneur who actually does the first part of the race. And that has to be the fastest possible start. And then there's a handoff, and then there's another relay, and then there's another relay, and then there's a race to the finish. So that is a wonderful metaphor as far as I'm concerned, and each person has to be great at their part of the race, but they also have to be superb at receiving the baton, and they have to be good at giving off the baton, and then the final race, that person has to be the fastest runner, is actually usually the fourth runner is the fastest runner. And we've simplified things in this whole discussion because In the world that we live in here at Strategic Coach and the whole Strategic Coach universe of entrepreneurs and their teams, each of those little races or big races is a project, a completed project, a new project that's going to create a bigger and better result, and it's going to be a complete teamwork there. And this one sheet of paper actually describes the project and completely describes the sense of clarity and commitment that the entrepreneur has. But then there's the whole finishing of the project with the same amount of clarity and oftentimes much greater clarity than the entrepreneur had in his or her mind right at the beginning. The biggest thing is to get completed projects in the shortest possible time. 
there's an enormous energy to that. If you can come up with an idea, turn it into project form, completely describe it so that the greatest possible teamwork becomes real and it gets finished, the completed project, in the shortest period of time. I think that that breaking all the activities inside of a company or organization as these series of real fast energy-producing bursts of teamwork that produce achievement at a higher level, producing bigger and better results. That's a phenomenal building block for going into the future. And it never ends because as you get good at this teamwork, you know, the impact filter-based teamwork, you can just feel the entrepreneurial company growing in terms of confidence and capability. It's a marvelous thing. It certainly is. Dan, I've really, really enjoyed this conversation about the impact filter. So just in conclusion, one of the things that you say in the book is always staying on top. You understand exactly why humanity will always be infinitely bigger than anything that humans create. That's a very interesting statement. What does it mean? Well, first of all, it's a little line I wrote for myself back when I really got involved in the high-tech world as introduced to me by Peter Diamandis. And, you know, there's a lot of predictions that technology is taking over for humanity. So there's something about that that didn't really quite fit for me. You know, I said, well, look, all the technology we have today is the result of incredible human teamwork. And I said, if I understand humanity as a whole, is that there's this phenomenal rapid progress on the planet over the last 30 or 40 years. Everybody talks about technology like it's something outside of human beings. You know, it's kind of like an alien species that we've created. And people are talking about it almost as if artificial intelligence and robots and everything that's now being created, that this is essentially going to replace humanity. It's going to replace human beings. I don't buy it. And my feeling is because the one unique capability that humans have is intentionality, which we really kicked off the book with back in the introduction. And intentionality is uniquely human. This ability that humans have to get an idea about a future result, bigger and better, just in thought form, and then a process starts, which is totally described in the structure and process of the impact filter, which allows us to constantly create things that are unpredictably better. In other words, where does an idea come in a person's mind? It's totally unpredictable how it happens, and it's totally unpredictable which humans are going to come up with these better ideas. And what I think we're supplying here, I think the entire strategic coach does this, but this particular tool, this particular thinking tool, which then becomes a teamwork tool, which then becomes an achievement tool, is the thing that actually has allowed us to create technology. Okay, so when people talk about technology replacing human beings, they're saying that basically the cart is going to replace the horse. Because the horse here is actually starting with the entrepreneur, 
being very, very clear about a particular project that's going to produce a bigger and better result, and then that communication in the form of the impact filter going out and actually forming a team and actually forming teamwork is how everything has ever gotten created on the planet. And I don't see any difference with high technology than when very rudimentary things like learning how to create basic tools, learning how to use fire, learning how to hunt in teams, you know, in the earliest part of humanity, I don't see any difference or break or difference of kind between what we're now doing with technology. And my feeling is that if technology is going to be beneficial, the impact filter is the ideal way of thinking about it and actually forming the teams that are going to create improvements in technology. Uh I really love how you talk about the fact that every time you create an impact filter, you're deepening and expanding your uniqueness as a human being. Yes. So that's not very replaceable. (laughs) Yeah. And we're the great teamwork species. You know, there's no species that we know about that's better at teamwork than humans are. And we've done that to play up our strengths and to bypass our weaknesses. This is really the whole reason for teamwork. But there has to be an initiator. And in the entrepreneurial realm, the initiator for the major projects. But in the entrepreneurial world, the leader is the entrepreneur. Now, there's leadership possible all through an entrepreneurial organization because in receiving an impact filter from an entrepreneur, the team members also learn how to do the impact filter. Mm -hmm. So everybody can become a leader in areas that are really important for their own personal progress, that are important for the progress of the teams that they're on. And all this fits together. It's almost like fractal, yes. The entrepreneur leads off with an impact filter, but if I'm a team member and I get an impact filter, I say, well, this is very interesting thinking. And after a while, if you've been a team member and if you've been involved in impact filter-driven projects, you begin to say, well, I can create a project on some improvement that I want to make, certainly at work, but also in my personal life. And this is the beautiful thing. We've got this simple, very powerful organizing structure, this organizing process that continually produces bigger and better results, constantly improves teamwork. This is the trump card that humans have. The reason why people are feeling intimidated by technology is because technology is just teamwork that's been automated. So what humans have to understand is that the number one thing you're going to have to understand is how to initiate project-driven teamwork. Well, the impact filter really liberates someone's intentionality. And once you have, as you said, some success with getting your ideas into a form that other people can buy into, because if you have ideas that other people are not buying into, that's kind of not very confidence-inspiring. So when you start to have success, and then people's confidence and then their capabilities build. One quick story that I heard last week, which was really, really fun, someone who's seen you speak about the impact filter and used it. So I was at an event And his friend said, you would not believe this. This gentleman, he's in a long-distance relationship, and can you believe it? He does an impact filter with his partner before they get together every single time. And I was like, yay, that's a great idea. 
because they don't have a lot of time together and they want to make sure it's the best experience that they have a great time together and that everything that each of them wants gets fulfilled. So that couple uses the impact filter to maximize their time together and be very intentional. Now that's sort of a novel use of the impact filter, but it works. I've used it for vacations with my family to make sure we're all on the same page. The ramifications of what it does for all of us to become much more intentional and then much more creative and even, I'm going to say, fulfilled is so powerful. Not that we might not have done little bits of it before, but the fact that it's on one page, eight and a half by 11 or the smaller version, is so powerful because it's not overwhelming and all of your best thinking is on paper. I watch a lot of movies. I watch movies and I watch TV series. I've come down that almost all plots on television are the drama that's created, the conflict that's created, the confusion that's created, which, you know, really is what all the movies are about, are due to the lack of an impact filter. (laughs) And probably if you wrote stories about people's successful use of the impact filter, they would be boring to most people. Remember, I said these are achievement stories because people have a need for drama. They have a need for stress. They have a need for confusion and conflict and breakdown of communication. But I said, you know, I like that in the entertainment part of my life, but I don't like it in the achievement part of my life. (laughs) So this is going to be made available to everybody as time goes on. We're starting with entrepreneurs. We're starting with their teams. But what's happening a lot more, we're more than a decade into the impact filter as an operating tool inside Strategic Coach, is we're noticing now that entrepreneurs are using it with their children. Entrepreneurs, as you said, are using it with their life partner. Babs and I just built a brand new house. And when we first thought about the house, we had the property, we thought about the house, we actually identified on paper for the architect, for the landscaper, for the contractor, for the interior designer. We identified every part of this project with impact filters and said, this is what we want. And all the various trades, all the various professions that were involved, they were saying we never had such an enjoyable project before because we knew exactly not only what it was going to look like from our standpoint, say it's the landscape architect firm, we know what it looks like exactly from the standpoint of the architect of the house, the designer of the house, you know, what the look had to be like and what purpose this was going to serve for the owners of the house. What were they intending for this? All the confusion and the problems came up with them dealing with city authorities and, you know, the various legal things that you have to satisfy because those people don't operate in a impact filter world. But where we had an impact on the people that we could actually give direction to. It was beautiful, and start to finish, it not only turned out as well as we wanted it to be, it actually turned out better because all their unique skills, why we had chosen them in the first place, we got the full access to their best abilities. And all of them are just extraordinarily proud of the project that was completed. And how many different areas of your life do you have things where you want things to be bigger and better in the future. And my feeling is not to use an impact filter is almost undermining your dream right from the beginning. 
I really appreciate that. So it's very interesting to think about all the different aspects of our life that can be projects. And those are all project-driven transformations that we can really take this idea that's often kind of unformed and through the process of the impact filter get very, very clear so that we can tap into other people's creativity. And I love what you said about other people are so proud of the project. It turned out even better Mm -hmm. than you could have envisioned it because it freed up their unique abilities. It freed up their imagination because they knew what the constraints were, but within that, they had lots of room to play. And that's one of the best, to my mind, models of teamwork ever. Yes. And just to wrap up here, it means that any kind of improvement that you want in your life can start very simply. Okay. It's not confusing. It's not complex. But one person has to have a picture in their mind of what they want at a particular date. And they have to be willing, first of all, by themselves for a very short period of time, not more than a half hour, they have to put down on paper using the purpose, the importance, the ideal outcome, talking about the difference between a best result and a worst result, therefore becoming totally sold on the idea themselves, still by themselves, And then they put down the success criteria, which actually creates the teamwork. And then putting the document, this everything on one page, into the hands of other people. And then starting the creative conversation regarding how the team is going to come together, which ability is going to be focused on what part of the success criteria, and then how they're going to operate as a team. And then they finish off in a blaze of glory. (laughs) And the interesting thing is that the architects this time, we've done many projects with them, but we've never been so clear with previous projects. And they've always done great work. But my feeling was that if there's a great deal of early confusion and there's a lot of, you know, people not knowing when something's supposed to happen and who's supposed to do it, You can have a great win at the end, but it doesn't feel good because of the negative experience of actually creating the project. And there's not as much pride about that project as if you have, first of all, a superb final result, but everything related to the doing of the project, of getting the project, was just as beautiful as the final result. I think those are the types of projects that people are proudest of in their lives. And what we're saying in this book is that the rest of your life can be proud of everything. And Dan, as you're talking, all I can think about is we have some pretty big goals as strategic coach, but I have such confidence in how to turn all of those ideas into practical realities. And I realize it's because of the impact filter. Mm -hmm. I mean, going into the future, knowing that you have the tools to get those ideas into into practice means the future is exciting. And you don't have to be worried about those processes that are painful and have a great end result because you know the process is going to work because you've been so clear at the beginning. So I really appreciate the confidence that it gives me, gives you, gives our whole team and all of our clients and their teams just that ability to look forward and be happy and excited about it as opposed to intimidated or worried. So that's a pretty profound impact for one piece of paper. Yes, it is. You know, I feel proud of this, what we've accomplished here, because this particular interview that we've taken part in, you know, since we started recording the insights about the little book and then the 
cartoons that go with it. We have the audio that we're creating right now, and we have a video creating right now. And my thing is that we're starting very simply here, but I think there's going to be endless expansion out of this particular book that we've created here. And my sense is that five years from now, 10 years, 25 years, 100 years from now, everything that's been communicated in this audio recording that we did, the interview, you and I just chatting back and forth, you with a vast amount of experience with teamwork, my equally great experience with entrepreneurs, I think we've created something that's going to expand endlessly out into the 21st century world. And the biggest thing that I feel is that everybody who masters this one-page solution is always going to feel like they're staying on top of everything they're doing, both in their business life and also in their personal life. I couldn't agree more, Dan. Thank you so much.